a thousand feet in like a second, not even a second, okay? My stomach is in my chest. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of an interesting discussion. Sometimes today I'm back with the regular boys. That's me, Tarun. We got Harsha, Christian, and Haran with me as well. And today we have a very special guest, uh, someone that we've befriended in the past few months, but definitely a great friend thus far. We'll see what happens after this episode. Uh, Dabish. <laughs> Dabish, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, to the Hi, everyone. My name is Dabish. I'm a pilot, pickleball player, Atlanta born and bred. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, yeah, man. Thanks sure. for coming on. Um, yeah, as Tabish just mentioned, he's a jack of all trades. So we have a lot to get into mm. this this uh, episode. But I just want to bring it to the beginning. You know, um, I know you wanted to talk about growing up in, in Atlanta. So Tabish, you, what was it like? I mean, honestly, like the culture, everything. What do you think? I think I was lucky. Um, I got to grow up in an area where it's pretty diverse for Georgia. Um, <laughs> like, although like my high school was like 50%, you know, white, it was still like 50% minorities, which was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So like, you still got the, you know, like the spice, you know, it was great. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, I don't know. You got the wings, you got the music, um, like Quavo, Migos, like they all went to like a high school, like, a county over from me. Wow. Hey, you represent Christian. Love that. Yes, sir. <laughs> and yeah, no, just growing up in Atlanta, you got to see it all. You got to be a part of everything, the music, the food. Mm. Um, it's been great. And I'm, I'm, it's good to be back too. Dude, that's, yeah, that's hype. I mean, yeah, for us, I think, well, I don't want to speak for Christian because yeah, he grew not. up in Massachusetts where it was like 99% white. But yeah, I think we had kind of like a similar, like, I guess, upbringing or like diversity quota i don't know or split um growing up in high school and stuff but i definitely don't think we had nearly as much culture in general <laughs> as atlanta um were you dmbs yeah, like, culture bro we got wally we got uh what's the other guy that was popular in 2017 what was the one that uh, Shmurda, oh, Bobby Shmurda, Goldling, 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 Goldling. I don't know, man. He, he popped off at inflation. Like inflation. Yeah. Him and Gucci <laughs> together, though, that was a that was a dream. <laughs> Wait, have you ever seen like Gucci or any of the Migos or Two Chains? I've Waka. seen Waka. I've seen Two Chains um, at Lenox Mall. You know where uh, <laughs> yeah. where you can either meet really cool celebrities or you might get shot. You never know. <laughs> You know, it's, uh, it's a risky take. <laughs> yep. So I'm assuming you lived in like the suburbs, right? A little bit or like yeah. outside of Atlanta. Did you go to Atlanta often or was that kind of like an after college thing? During college. So I went to Georgia State University, which mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. like, like smack dab right in the middle of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, our like campus was not really a campus. It was like in the city. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of interesting. So I definitely got a better taste for it in college. Growing mm -hmm. up, we didn't really go to Atlanta that much. Yeah. My family was like, hey, let's go to the, you know, like the brown area where all the brown food is. And <laughs> yeah. Like all the Desi culture, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, that was fantastic too. Atlanta is a huge hotspot for um, like brown Pakistani, people. Indian yeah. people, brown people. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's yeah. good. Yeah, it feels like home. Did you? How many times have you been to the aquarium? A uh, handful of times. <laughs> it is the biggest aquarium in the yeah. world. Which aquarium is, is pretty good. Aquarium is pretty yeah, good. It's nice. It is nice. And the Coke factory. Yeah. Coca Cola. Yeah. <laughs> you had to. You had to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful, 
<laughs> hey man, y'all are in New York. I don't know what your audience is like, but <laughs> I just had to be a little specific on that. <laughs> well, I guess we aren't all in New York. It's just me, um, which currently I'm actually not even in New York right now. I'm in like Northern Virginia. Um, the poser. Yeah, but um, no. The reason I asked to spring break of our senior year, the boys took a boys trip down to Atlanta, and we went to Buckhead. And I don't think we did it correctly. Um, nah. And I feel like we've talked about this many times on the podcast, but mm. I don't know. Do you have any spots that you feel like in Buckhead or or like what were the go-tos when you were there, especially like in college? In, in college? Yeah. Oh, big, big Sky was a big one. Um, mm. Like it would go so hard that like there were nights where there's ambulances like outside, like taking oh, people out because it's oh, like wow. everyone's just, yeah, it was intense um but buckhead is a great spot to just go out yeah. and have a good time there's places open to like 4 a.m which is awesome mm-hmm. um and you don't find that in like midtown or downtown atlanta mm. yeah yeah i feel like i don't know i mean i feel like when we were there we definitely did go to the right spots because the music was absolute ass like we were expected <laughs> to be good because it's like atlanta obviously but yeah it was like yeah. Hella white <laughs> so buckhead's like I think back in college, especially, was definitely mixed. Um, mm-hmm. Like you could, mm-hmm. there's a lot of country bars and stuff like yeah. that. Like we're still the South, right? Like yeah. we still <laughs> represent all the cultures, which is is nice, but mm-hmm. definitely hit or miss here and there, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you gotta, you gotta. Whenever you come back, just hit me up, and I'll take you out to the good spot. Wait, dude, absolutely, absolutely. We have to, we have to redeem ourselves there because <laughs> I, yeah, I will redeem Atlanta for you. <laughs> nice. Don't worry about that one. <laughs> you ever been to Conley? No, I haven't. I haven't. Don't go. No, so, you have you heard of Call Me Dude? No, I haven't. It's, it's right outside of Atlanta. I, I wouldn't even dare to call it a suburb. It's just there. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, Conley, definitely. Georgia, like the city. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh no, I stay away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just, where y'all's Airbnb was, right? You were telling yeah, me about that. Yeah. yeah. Hotel, mm. our, our hotel was yeah, there, man. and. Uh, so yeah, one thing I highly recommend if you're ever coming to Atlanta, um, there's this there's this highway. It's called 285, I-285. Mm-hmm. And if you're inside, it goes it goes like right around Atlanta, which is yeah. kind of nice. Um, and it's called inside the perimeter or outside the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you're inside the perimeter, that's great. Like anything inside is absolutely fantastic for like young people. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're just trying to have a good time, if you're outside the perimeter, you're going to like deal with some sketchy ass people um <laughs> so you know be careful yeah i think without even looking at a map conley's definitely outside um yeah <laughs> yeah yeah very very much very much north georgia and and that's mm-hmm. like the sketchier area mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. um like if you go north of uh atlanta it's more like white people if you go south of atlanta it's actually more black people which is kind of interesting because mm-hmm. you'd think that you know, it's just white people everywhere mm-hmm. in Georgia, but it's not. It's very, it's very much diverse, which is, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, Don't we'll take you up on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One thing I, w- I did want to talk about that I kind of learned or learned about, I guess, like only from you and a couple other people that I met in New York um, was like Ismaili culture, which I've never really heard of like Ismaili, but um, you know, like growing up, like me and Harsha were both Telugu and like, I think there's like a big Telugu population. Um here in northern virginia but i'm curious like what was it like growing up for you with like ismaili people in atlanta it was honestly amazing it still Mm -hmm. is amazing Mm -hmm. um i think we have a very solid amazing tight-knit community where Mm -hmm. like whatever you're interested in whatever you're trying to pursue or even if it's just like you're trying to hang out with friends like there's Mm -hmm. always somebody to like be there for you somebody to help you out put you in the right direction Mm -hmm. and like 
there's like sports tournaments and there's um like arts uh arts like tournaments or like yeah. festivals and yeah. stuff yeah, yeah. which is which is sick so like you know everyone you meet everyone there's mm-hmm. always activities going on there's summer camps right um so like it's a very tight-knit community and some people think it's like cult-like because <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. so tight yeah um but it's just it's fantastic because there's mm-hmm. always something to do um mm-hmm. and there's always somebody to hang out with which is fantastic right, i love it can you like give a little bit of a description i guess of like what ismaili is um yeah like so yeah. yeah it's a sect of islam um it's like the there's sunni there's shia we're mm-hmm. down like the shia branch um where i would say a more modern type of muslim mm-hmm. um where the only religion that has a living um how do you say it like bloodline that's continued mm-hmm. in history throughout history so like for the past i think it's like 1400 years we've had a constant bloodline and alexander the great tried he was the closest one um <laughs> he couldn't i i don't know if he couldn't have a son he didn't have a son something like that but mm-hmm. couldn't continue his bloodline but which is pretty cool to me um yeah. like i'm not the most religious guy in the world mm-hmm. um but i think it's really cool that like you know there's something different about our religion like we have a leader that interprets the religion for us Mm -hmm. and kind of makes it easier to follow in today's day you Mm -hmm. know because like all of our the religions that we follow are so old you know they're they weren't made in our time and so it's 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 nice to have somebody to interpret those things for us Mm -hmm. and and guide us Mm -hmm. and it's sick um yeah it's uh it's good to be a smiley i love it (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i think that's cool i think um I think what you're saying about like it being a modern religion is like definitely true. I think I was talking to Ajay recently about how um, a lot of these like, I guess like teachings or whatever, like the the thing, the stories that are passed down, it's like, how can you really know if they're like true or not after, you know, thousands of years? Um, And I think like the, the, I guess like the premise or like the underlying morals, I guess, of of these stories, like definitely still reign true, like, you know, be kind to those people next to you or whatever all this stuff of but course. um it's like i think it's especially nowadays when like everything is such like an information overload it's like harder to like participate i guess or like believe in everything i think i mean i don't know i don't want to speak for everybody here but i feel like general i agree generally Absolutely. like with my friends like i feel like a lot there's a lot less people that i know that are as religious as like our parents for example Mm, um, yeah. yeah and one thing i like about being a smiley is that like we're encouraged encouraged to question our religion um and and there's so many people that are ready to answer like we have like mm-hmm. church school you know like quote unquote <laughs> you know church yeah. school and like there's always times where you can just like question the crap out of everything and there's somebody to like help you out and help understand mm-hmm. you know what's going on and how you can maybe be a better um like participant in your religion maybe right. whatever is comfortable for you because everyone is spiritual in their own way, I feel, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Mm. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Is it a big community or like how many people are like part of like the Atlanta Ismaili culture? It's grown a lot. It's yeah. grown a lot. Um, a lot of immigrants have been coming in from India, Afghanistan, mm-hmm. you know, throughout mm-hmm. the past like five, 10 years, just because all the, you know, tension in the Middle East and mm-hmm. stuff right. like that. Um, mm-hmm. And we're always welcoming, you know, them with open, like open arms and mm-hmm. there's always donations and stuff going out. Um, mm-hmm. I would say around... 25 30,000 Ismailis yeah, okay. in Georgia yeah. which is a substantial amount that's a lot of <laughs> people yeah it's awesome it's great yeah just to jump in I, you mentioned OJ Turin. we never explained how we met the other show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. uh so maybe let's do a, a round table 
Well, I feel like a good way of figuring out how we know Dobbish is if Dobbish tells us how he met Ajay back in LA. Mm. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good story, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's crazy because mm-hmm. I moved to LA just so I could get a different change of pace in life. Mm. Because I grew up in Atlanta my whole life. I was at school like 30 minutes away from home, like in college. Um, like I was at home every weekend. You know, I wasn't really on my own. Mm-hmm. I was coming home, picking up food from my mom, yeah. you know, taking it back <laughs> with me. I, I like rarely cooked at, mm-hmm. when I was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I moved to LA just to get a change of pace, mm-hmm. become uncomfortable, get out of my comfort zone, you know. Because I was hanging out with the same like five, 20, like five, 10, 20 people yeah. in Atlanta. And yeah. I wanted to, you know, reinvent myself, get that mm-hmm. chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I moved to LA, not knowing anyone. Um, I kind of just, just did it uh, mm-hmm. for flight school, which I'm sure we'll get to later. Yep. Um, and the first week I moved to LA, I hit up Arham. So I met Arham at, in a smiley camp back in 2015 when we were like, 16, 17 years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I hadn't spoken to him since. And I met Arham again in 2021 after like six years, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even then I didn't even like him that, <laughs> that much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even like him that much at this camp. And so yeah. like, I just saw his Instagram story one day. And I was like, Hey, like I just moved to LA. Mm-hmm. Let's like grab lunch and hang out or something. Yeah. And he was like, actually, I'm like hanging out with some friends this Friday night. We're having a little party, like come through. It's at this guy, this guy's place. His name is Ajay. Mm-hmm. He's a cool ass dude. Um, he's like my friend's girlfriend or friend's boyfriend. <laughs> you know, it depends who you ask. <laughs> exactly. So like Arham knew Neha, who's Ajay's um, girlfriend. girlfriend. And, and so like, this is the first time we all met. And mm-hmm. this was the mm-hmm. first week I was in LA. Mm-hmm. And I'd met all these amazing people, Ajay, Neha, uh, Naze, Ahad, all in one night. Yep. And after that, it was there was no turning back. <laughs> like we we're cracking jokes, doing, yeah. you know, our dumb shit. You know how Ajay is, he's a goofy yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, we just we just kept it rolling after mm-hmm. that Friday night. No, that's hype, man. Shout out to you for mm-hmm. reaching out after so long. That sounds like hella intimidating. It yeah. was, yeah. it was, and yeah. if you don't like the guy too, <laughs> should I really hit this guy up? And then yeah. you know we 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 became so tight after that. Yeah, I'm really glad I did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So me and Ajay ended up getting linked through Nays to be roommates, and then um, we all went to Coachella, and they already had like a lot of LA friends or part of this squad that Dabish is talking about uh, going to mm-hmm. Coachella, and so yeah, we ended up meeting Dabish at Coachella, and then he no, we met him before, bro. Yeah, so y'all. We met him. We met him at Ajay's place. We met. That's when I first. Because I I walked away that night thinking, like, the only people I remembered was Ajay and Dabish. Because well, Dabish is really like smiley and like a nice person to meet. I don't know. He was like very friendly. (laughs) And also, when we got to the club after like the party, not the club, but the bar we went to after, like Dabish was going pretty crazy on the dance floor, and I was like, I can dance too. Like, holy shit! There is actually Um, a lit ass picture of me and Dabish from that night. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. It's a sick picture. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, and reason- I mean that was I. I think meeting Ajay and like Nays and and Neha and all these folks like they connected me with so many amazing people, especially mm-hmm. y'all. Like, um, LA was a crazy adventure. You know, I was mm-hmm. meeting new people every yeah. weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, like just meeting like friends of friends was a regular thing. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is awesome. You know, because you just there's always somebody to talk to. You know, mm-hmm. there's always yeah. something interesting to talk about. There's always a yeah. different perspective on the table, and it's sick. 
you know, you see these different cultures, these different people, and it just really opens your mind yeah. to a whole different world. Yeah. Which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, it, it blows my mind that was just that that was just like a year ago, you know? Like that was like it felt like maybe so long ago or like that it was like such maybe like an insignificant night in the grand scheme of things, but like mm-hmm. now we're all like friends, which is kinda crazy. Like even yeah. you know, like Christian and Harsha now, obviously. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, I definitely never thought of she thought we should get in after that night. <laughs> 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 I remember like, I remember Nana saying like, wait, so where, where were you staying in LA? You were staying like, kind of far out, right? Yeah, so I actually had two apartments in LA. Um, I had first moved, when I first moved to LA, my parents wanted me to like stay in like a a calm area. Because <laughs> um, uh, funny story, actually, my dad, when he first moved to America, moved to LA. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Kobe fan... He moved to LA on 8 81. Mm. So August 24, crazy. 1981. Just cr- crazy. <laughs> um, and so he used to live in Torrance. It's like 30, 35 minutes yeah. south of LA without mm. traffic. So like 45 to an hour with LA traffic. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's a very nice suburby area, calm. And honestly, I loved it. I lived in Redondo Beach, which is on the beach. So I was on mm. the Esplanade. My view is the ocean. I could open my window, just hear the ocean waves. Crazy. I didn't even have AC because I had the ocean crazy. breeze. Yeah, it's crazy. And then I moved up to Culver City because I was like, I need to be where it's happening. You know, like yeah. where IJ is like 10 minutes away. Our home's 10 minutes away or like two minutes away. Mm-hmm. And I moved up to Culver City and honestly, so glad I did that. Um, I got, to, I feel like I got to experience both sides of LA. It's like mm. the suburbs and the city mm. and I wouldn't go, I wouldn't have done it any other way, honestly. The only reason I brought it up because I think Nate was saying that like you lived kind of far and also like you'd be like leaving or get, getting there like super early or like in the morning or leaving early in the morning, something like that. And I was like, this yeah. guy's psycho. <laughs> Dude. I mean, I love driving, so I was okay with it. Like 45 minute drive. I was mm-hmm. like, whatever. I'll just listen to my music, you know, like going mm-hmm. on a podcast or just, and the weather in LA is fantastic. So you yeah. can just have the yeah. windows down, chilling, you know, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. This dude, Thabish was whipping it at Coachella, bro. We got home so fast. You and money. <laughs> oh, that was, that was a good time, man. <laughs> when you have a big body suburban, you can do anything on the streets. <laughs> <Big body. laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you had a good experience in LA. You're back in Atlanta, but while you were in LA, you touched on this a second ago, was for flight school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Tell me about that. I don't know actually what you majored in, in at Georgia State. Um, if you, I don't know if that like segues into. No, absolutely decision. it does. Yeah. yeah, it did. Um, I changed my major a couple of times while I was at state. Mm-hmm. I was, I don't know why I started off as a business major. Um, just cause like in high school, I was very much like persuaded by my parents, I would say, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I, I was very involved though, like in like technology, engineering, like robotics and stuff in high school. Mm-hmm. But like once I got to college, I was like, maybe, you know, I want to make money. <laughs> so um, <laughs> let me do business. So I started off as business, went to mechanical engineering, and then I finished off in physics, actually. Mm-hmm. So I did applied physics. Um, so your boy is logical as hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't like doing that theoretical stuff. Don't ask me about Schrodinger's cat. Screw that cat. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I think growing up, I really wanted to be a pilot. Um, Mm -hmm. It's something that was always in the back of my mind. I always liked, you know, flying, traveling. It was always something I wanted to do. Mm. Um, But I kind of punked out when I went to college to do that because it's kind of intimidating, right? Like you're going into a space that not many people do. You're traveling all the time. It's you're away from home, right? Mm. It's a lot. 
And so my parents were like, do something that you can like, you know, fall back on when, you, yeah. like, mm. when you're tired of traveling. Right. Mm -hmm. So like I did physics and then I did flight school because, well, honestly, one, because I wanted to get something different um, mm. because I feel like just being like I. I did physics, but I did not do like enjoy doing the lab work at all. Like mm -hmm. I can't imagine right. doing like. Well, what kind of courses do you take for physics? Just out of curiosity, like just all the basics, like physics one, two, calc one, two, like all the math, all the science classes you can imagine. I did it, and like these labs were insane. I ended up taking five years in college. Mm -hmm. I took my time because <laughs> those last couple of years were a little stressful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it was a it was a good time at state, and then I decided to go to flight school because I was like, you know, I should probably pursue my dream now. Mm -hmm. You know, like I wanna like I have a fallback. Physics is good, mm -hmm. but I want to kind of do something outside of the box. And yeah. so I went to flight school, which was very tough. Probably mm -hmm. like the hardest, um, like schooling I've ever done. Yeah, I would mm -hmm. say because you're balancing like coursework, but also you're learning how to fly, and then you also have to memorize like all your coursework mm -hmm. and you have to learn how to read new maps and, and like know how to like, like do air traffic control, like calls and everything. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, yeah, flight school is the toughest thing I've done in my life. <laughs> and I'm glad I did it. Um, yeah. it, it was a, it was a fun time. It's now flying for me is like driving a car, you know, it's like, that's so crazy. It's, it's second nature. It's fine. Wait, how long was like the program to learn how to be a pilot? 18 months. Okay. 18 months. I feel like yeah, that's I, pretty fast for like, a, like, yeah. you can be a commercial pilot, right? Like a full on commercial pilot. Yeah. So, I mean, in the 18 months, you get the coursework done, you get some, some hours. Mm -hmm. So I had like 300 hours by the time I was done with my coursework. Some. That's more than that. But so how much did you, how much did you guys do before you got your driver's license? Like a 50, hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't even practice parallel parking before my driver's test. Fun fact. I did it for the first time at the driver's test and nailed it. Nailed it. And nailed it. And nailed it the first try. <laughs> no reverse camera or anything. <laughs> I actually was never a gamer growing up. Fun fact. I mm. like to go outside, touch grass. Touch grass. You know? Damn. <laughs> hey, don't, don't insult the gamer population. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not insulting. I was just never good at it. So I never. Fair I enough. never. I stayed away. I stayed mm. away. I was a hooper growing up, like in the neighborhood, just balling with the homies, you know, Fridays after school, somebody's house, just link up and hoop. Yeah. Yeah. So can you parallel park the plane? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about going in reverse is pretty much not possible. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you got to pull that thing, um, mm. which is honestly, it's cool. You can just pull a plane, which is kind of crazy, right? Like mm -hmm. I fly a, a Cessna 172. It's a single prop playing um when i'm practicing and i've done 350 hours in that mm -hmm. i have to get another 1200 hours in that before <laughs> i yeah yeah so that's what i'm saying 300 Damn. hours was nothing in in mm -hmm. the like in school Damn. yeah most of most of what you're doing is after um after you're done with your your schooling yeah. and so which is tough because you either get a job as a flight instructor mm -hmm. um so you can get paid to fly yeah. and get your hours which is fantastic and that's the route most people try to like do mm -hmm. but right now like i i joined at an interesting time i would say like mm -hmm. 2020 came around the you know the whole flight industry was hit hard yeah. you know yeah. and um there was a pilot shortage and at the same time 
so many people started going to flight school because mm-hmm. they heard of this you know, pilot this shortage. pilot shortage. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. hey, this is my opportunity. Like, I'm almost guaranteed a job, right? Like, yeah. I'm done with school. And everyone's like, okay, let me go to school. So now there's so many students coming out of flight school looking for jobs mm-hmm. as flight instructors it's and there's not enough. Yeah, it's oversaturated. Mm-hmm. So now it's kind of hard. Well, it's very hard to get a job as a flight instructor. It's very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whenever like you go to get a job as a flight instructor, they want you to stay. They're mm-hmm. like, we don't want you to just get your hours and leave us. We want you to be loyal mm-hmm. and stay for like two, three years. And then, you know, like, you know, go go fly for a commercial or private or whoever pays, you know, top dollar to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it's kind of a tough spot right now mm-hmm. in the industry as a student. But as a pilot, making bank. <laughs> yeah. But just to take a step back, like, what was your day-to-day like in flight school? Like, did you have like, I don't know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes? And then like on Tuesday, Thursday, you had like flying like plane. <laughs> yeah like plane <laughs> lab 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 <laughs> it was kind of sporadic honestly mm-hmm. um because our like my my cohort you could say mm-hmm. like yeah. we had like 35 40 people in our cohort um but we only had like 10 planes in our school mm-hmm. at long beach airport and so like whenever the plane was available, you just pick up a flight. Like you just check the schedule. You're like, oh, it might be like a 6 a.m. flight oh. or it might be like, yeah, or like an 8 p.m. flight. Yeah. So like my sleep schedule was completely fucked. <laughs> um, like I had no good sleep schedule. You can ask any of the homies like they're like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, I'm, I'm sleeping. <laughs> like, I need to I need to get my like, you know, my my rhythm back. Mm-hmm. And so it was very sporadic. But like my classes were mostly online, actually. So I went to a school called ATP. It's the Aeronautical Training Program. Um, it's a national school, and uh, their main home base is in Florida. Mm-hmm. So most of their teachers are teaching out of Florida, and mm-hmm. so like we're on like Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like I have an I have a flight instructor, and that's who's teaching me how to fly at school. Mm-hmm. And so like I'm doing my classes online during the day. I probably have like three classes a day, um, every single day. Mm-hmm. So is it like maybe, a theory, like, or is it just like? apply like just like a mix of stuff apply everything is applied there's no theory in, in wow. flying <laughs> there's no right like you need to know what to do it has to be second yeah. nature like like you're learning how to do maneuvers mm-hmm. you're learning how to like read your like air speeds you know mm-hmm. you and you got to be you need to learn how to fly by eye and by instrument so like mm-hmm. it's uh it's all very practical mm-hmm. um and you can't miss a beat it's it's tough because like you either if you if you kind of like slow down, you're kind of slowing down the cohort as well. Mm. Um, and so like, pressure. it was a lot of pressure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's what, that's when I kind of realized th- this lifestyle is not as fun as it seems, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a lot of work. You're away yeah. a lot. Um, you're kind of just doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Whenever I wasn't like working, I was obviously hanging out with friends, but like for the most part, I was just grinding while I was in LA. Yeah. Um, yeah. Except for the weekends, you know? Yeah. And that I made sure that, you know, like I did not take flights on Friday, Saturday, or like Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people did. And I respect them for that. Like, good, yeah. good on you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's just, it's so much because once you're, once you've got your private license, you're starting to do solo flights mm-hmm. and, um, and like you're flying to like Phoenix, Arizona or like San Diego or like whatever city you really want to, as long as you have your like flight plan ready to go mm-hmm. and your instructor approves it, 
And it was just, um, it was a lot. And yeah, balancing that lifestyle with like, if you have a family in the future, mm. it's, it's kind of tough, yeah. I would yeah. say. Um, like you're away from home a lot, even though FA is like maxing you out at a hundred hours a month of mm-hmm. flying. That's even that's with overtime. So like 75 hours is like your like work week <laughs> for yeah. the month and then 25 hours is overtime. Um, but like still you could be in a different city, you know, mm-hmm. you're like you're never, yeah. but you could be, yeah, you could be home, but like what's the chance your family's also home at that point. <laughs> exactly. It's hard to, like that. Exactly. It's hard to balance that work and life as a pilot. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting though. Wait, so when you, when you took flights, like you went to a different city, did you stay there? Or did you like fly right back? So some, sometimes like when I went to Phoenix, I did a, I did a one night stay. Mm-hmm. I stayed there for a night and then I came back. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like as a student, they don't want you to, um, like fly more than like, like six hours yeah. and then, yeah, and sense. and then fly back six hours because that's yeah. like it's grueling you know it's yeah, not yeah. it's not easy you're constantly having to be vigilant about what's around you mm-hmm. like you're constantly panning you know left yeah. right keeping an eye on your instruments making sure everything's okay and then Wait, do planes sorry i don't know but like do planes ever talk to other planes in there or do you always talk to like the traffic control and then like they like pass on i think it's a good question no yeah, yeah i don't so know it's like can you just like oh this guy next to me i just hop on the radio quick <laughs> like, hey, so man, you can, <laughs> you can. Yeah, okay. yeah so there's there's these maps that you'll get when you're a pilot but then mm-hmm. like now they have like new tech so like yeah. we have we have ipads <laughs> with all of our like maps <laughs> and stuff on it and mm-hmm. on the maps in each area there's a radio code and so you can put that radio code into your um radio and then it's like you know a trucker like you can anybody can hop yeah. on talk you know have a little chat um and then actually some airports like smaller airports don't have air traffic control towers oh, okay. and so like there you have to hop on the local radio channel and then you'll be like hey like i'm about to take off <laughs> don't get in front of me <laughs> you know like, and then yeah. you got to make sure you know everything's good and checks out before you can take off mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. you can definitely talk to other people in the air it's sick that's pretty cool well, I will say, like, of all the places to do flight school, I feel like L.A., like, California area is probably the best, right? Like, you must have had some insane views. Beautiful. Flying oh. over, like, the canyons, the mountains, mm-hmm. magnificent. Like, you would see, like, Shit. some days there's, like, snow-capped mountains. Mm-hmm. Some days you'll be just, like, coasting on the ocean side, you know, just chilling. Oh. Yeah. Like when I first started flying in L.A., actually, it was mm-hmm. when there was, like, a big holdup in the, what's it called, the L.A. port. Mm-hmm. And so there was like, what, like a hundred odd, like some like ships just chilling, mm-hmm. like <laughs> in that like little bay Crazy. area. Like, yeah. yeah. And so I would just like, you know, enjoying the view, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have asked for a better experience in flight school, honestly. Mm-hmm. Some people do that shit in like Georgia and there's nothing to see. <laughs> 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 you know, there's like a bunch of fucking trees. <laughs> so it was good. I'm, I'm very blessed to have that experience. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't have asked for a better experience. So like now when you still have your hours left to do, like, do you, I mean, I assume you don't own a plane, but like, do you have access to a plane like all the time where like, you'd be like, all right, listen, I gotta go get like, you know, 10 hours like this weekend or whatever. So, um, I don't own a plane. (laughs) No, (laughs) um, um, I wish uh, one day I hopefully will. Um, but as of right now, it's kind of like, car rentals you can yeah. just rent a car rent a plane you know okay. it's like 200 dollars an hour it's pretty expensive yeah. um, and then 200 plus gas when you land so like mm-hmm. you have to fill up the tank and it's it's pretty pricey you're looking at like 
250 an hour i would say like with gas and mm-hmm. other maintenance things you might have to get done mm-hmm. um whoa, 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 whoa sorry to stop you but like so it's 250 an hour yeah you have to get 1200 hours 1200 hours that's 300k is that insane uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> let me let me tell you something else. I haven't flown since LA. Okay. I haven't flown in two months because it's so expensive. So a lot of people, what they will do is they'll get like three people together, mm-hmm. max three, because those tiny planes you can't mm-hmm. like that backseat is not meant for two people. Yeah. Like they're <laughs> they're lying to you. Um but yeah, so we'll get three people rent a plane we'll split it three ways um we'll make like two stops um we'll do like a little touchdown switch seats Mm -hmm. somebody else will fly for like another hour we'll fly for like three hours split it three ways but everyone gets those hours Mm -hmm. like even if you're in the plane you get those hours okay so it is kind of it doesn't make sense (laughs) but But, the fa is cool with that yeah it's the most financially reasonable way to get your hours um but other than becoming an instructor mm-hmm. yeah damn that makes so much more sense i mean obviously it made sense before about why it's competitive but yeah make fucking 300k to spend <laughs> just to get your license god damn it's rough and then also like you're having to get like rated for each plane you want to fly so like mm. say like this airport you're going to doesn't have the plane available that you want on this specific day you got to go get rated for a different plane so like you have to do three takeoffs and three landings with that plane before you can like with an uh with a instructor with mm, you yeah before you can fly this plane by yourself Fucking amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's wild out here boys <laughs> <laughs> yeah being a, becoming a pilot is uh not as fun and breezy as it seems <laughs> did they ever do any like simulations with you or whatever like if they're if you were yeah. in the air and like they, they they were just like hey you have no left engine or something like figure it out yeah yeah so um we had to practice a lot mm-hmm. um like maneuvering because everything has to be just like quick 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 because if you lose your engine mm. right after takeoff you know like mm-hmm. maybe you're like not even 500 feet a thousand feet in the air mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. with those planes they're not like very aerodynamic i would say mm-hmm. So, like, you got to make sure you're, like, well-balanced. You can glide back down, do a full 180 turn on mm. that plane. And it's uh, it's not easy mm-hmm. <laughs> learning those maneuvers because it's very scary when, like, the first time yeah. you try it, the your, you know, your instructor, like, cuts your engine. He's like, all right, go do this maneuver now. Obviously, oh it's not the first time you're going to do it. Like, we have yeah. to do simulator, a lot of simulator yeah. training. Like, mm-hmm. I have much more simulator training than I have actual flight hours. Mm-hmm. Like, I have, like, 600 hours in the sim. And so, like, you're practicing those maneuvers to make them, like, just, like, muscle memory, you right. know? Yeah. And so, yeah, once you get those down in sim, like, it's easy. <laughs> after after those first couple times, like, like, my instructor, the first time I flew with him, he wanted me to, like, get over that barrier of being mm. in this tiny little box in the sky, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, tiny planes are pretty intimidating at first, I would say, because they're very turbulent. Like, yeah. wherever the wind goes, you'll feel a little bounce, mm, you know? Yeah. And so the first time I was in the plane with him, this guy, his name is Matt. <laughs> this man, Matt, full, like, full, like, just pitches it down. And we fall a thousand <gasps> feet in, like, a second. Yeah. Not even a second, okay? 
my stomach is in my chest. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm like holding the roof. And, and that's what, like, once you realize that, you know, if you have control of the aircraft, if you know what you're doing that aircraft, mm-hmm. you're all good. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's like driving. Like, if you hydroplane, you don't want to turn, right? You want to keep your yeah. car straight, you know? So it's like, as long as you know what to do and it's second nature to do it, you'll be fine. That's scary as fuck. That's terrifying, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you think you could fly a fighter jet? Top nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Nah, not yet. Not yet. I'd have to, I would love to. I would love to, like, train to do that. Yeah. Um, I like to go fast. I like to go really fast. Um, like, after my instructor did that to me, like, he pitched it down, five, like, a thousand feet down, like... I used to just do that for fun. <laughs> it's like a high. It's like, it's like a high. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like it's like riding a roller coaster, you know, yeah. or like jumping, like skydiving. Mm-hmm. Like if you're an adrenaline junkie, like being a pilot is phenomenal. Yeah. But there are specific restricted areas where you cannot, you know, do that stuff. <laughs> Downtown LA. Oh <laughs> like I did it over the ocean a lot, but never yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, in high yeah. traffic areas. There's like um Manu- like specific maneuvering zones that you're allowed to do whatever the hell you want okay. like bar- barrel rolls and <laughs> whatever you can think <laughs> have of. you done if your plane can do it no i, no, okay, I, I have not say, that'd I, be crazy <laughs> to my future employer i have not one last question i mean i heard that like commercial planes can pretty much do everything but like the pilot's just there for like takeoff and landing is that true that is 100 percent true that's lit that's amazing. I mean, so the best comparison I would say is like autopilot in cars now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, would you trust a human being driving over autopilot? Yeah. Like autopilot just reacts yeah. in milliseconds, right? Yeah. Like human reaction times is not quick enough. Mm-hmm. And when you're hauling 300 people in the back, you want to make sure that, you know, everything is good. Mm-hmm. And actually most of like errors that happen with planes is when the pilot decides to take over mm-hmm. like there's just i don't think you understand how like crazy the air is around us mm-hmm. like there can be a hot pocket of air anywhere mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if you hit a hot pocket of air your plane will drop mm-hmm. like immediately Holy shit. and yeah and so like if there's a hot pocket of air say like right where you're about to land on the landing strip mm-hmm. Your plane will drop, you know? Mm-hmm. And so having autopilot, it just, it's quicker. It mm-hmm. reacts faster and it's safer, mm-hmm. 100%. Do you think there'll ever be like autonomous planes in the way that like, you know, I guess Tesla is heading that way? I think there will be. Yeah. I think there will be, but I think there will still be pilots because mm-hmm. humans can't do without, you know, the security of having somebody like up there, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. Like example, like, New York subways like trains and stuff like they mm. probably work better without the people like driving <laughs> yeah. them, you know like, yeah, yeah. they would probably be on time if they were running properly mm. like you know like autopilot but you have to have humans there yeah. just because it makes them comfortable yeah. you know it makes yeah. everyone more comfortable to know that there's somebody up there mm-hmm. someone calling out Tavish is going to pilot the first ever supersonic commercial aircraft in the United States that would be <laughs> sick <laughs> that would be sick you're so fucking loud I'm down <laughs> Let's run it. Yeah. Where are we going, boys? Where are we going? <laughs> I don't know, but let's Phoenix. find out after the ad. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. And we're back. And we're still here. We didn't go anywhere. Just like you didn't, hopefully. 
Um, <laughs> Imagine yeah. everyone's left now. <laughs> everyone just stop us. Yeah. They, they've taken off. Okay, yeah, switching bases a little bit. Um, I guess kind of like going back to LA slightly too. You did pick up pickleball there, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah. I am a pickleballer, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, I know fuck all about pickleball like i don't know how it's different than tennis or like any of this shit so like give me a little bit and then we'll go from there about your journey through pickleball pickleball is a combination of table tennis and tennis Mm -hmm. it's like it's like a happy medium Mm -hmm. you know like anybody can do it which is great you can play at any level you can play with your like 99 year old like grandfather Mm -hmm. if he can still walk or move Mm -hmm. you know like (laughs) it's incredible it's i feel like it's a great way to just be social um like especially for me in la if i can just get right into it go for it like um i feel like when you're in a big city it's hard to make friends Mm. um and Outside of my group, like Ajay, Arham, Neha, Nays, and Gazi, and, and all these folks, like, outside of that, we, like, I don't think we really met people other than, like, friends of friends, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. meeting new people, it's pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And so in L.A., there's this, there's this park called Memorial Park. And in the pickleball community, it's kind of legendary. Um, it's incredible. You'll meet, like, lo- like doctors, lawyers, actors, mm-hmm. um, singers, like, and uh, comedians, anyone and everyone that mm. is like interested in pickleball will be there. And so like, it's a very amazing place just to make friends. It's good to like, you know, you'll find like a good dating area too. Like <laughs> there's, you know, you have a lot of options, which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah. But I was very skeptical when I first got into pickleball. Arham mm. actually introduced me to pickleball and I was like, mm. bro, like I see like I 65 <laughs> No, by this time we were cool. I mean, he's my homie. He's my boy. Um, but I was like, dude, like, there's like, like aunties, uncles, like these old, old ass people playing the mm-hmm. sport. Why should I like? Mm-hmm. And this is like when I had gotten to like into my physical fitness journey. Like I mm-hmm. become active, and I mm-hmm. needed a good cardio routine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because I hate cardio, who who likes cardio? <laughs> and then our home was just like, just try it out. Just you try it out. You tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right. Screw it, I'll go one time, you know, whatever. And then I start going. Mm-hmm. And I keep going mm-hmm. every single day. Cause I realized that like in when I was in LA, whenever I wasn't like in school, mm-hmm. I would be at home, like by myself, just chilling. I had a one bed, you know, like yeah, I wasn't yeah. or I was at the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I was at the gym, I had my headphones in. I wasn't really talking to anybody, right? Yeah. And so pickleball was a great place, like space for me to just go and, and meet so many new people and, and mm. experience this new sport. And then I became competitive, I would mm. say. Like I, at first it was more of a social thing for me. Mm. Right. And then once I like found a good group of friends at pickleball, then I would start like, we kind of grew together, mm-hmm. you know, like we all weren't that great mm-hmm. when we first started, but right. we were all like in that competitive spirit. Yeah. Like we, we all have that winning mentality, you know, we want to like <laughs> beat the guy across from us. And so like... Mm. I think like finding a good group of friends to play pickleball and then just growing together and then, and then leveling up is how I got to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Like I've competed in like tournaments. I'm, I'm rated, you know, like I'm a 4.5, which is pretty good. If you know like anything about it, like <laughs> 5, 5.0 and up uh, it's so I would say like beginners are like a two mm-hmm. and then five and up is like amateur pro. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm like right below that barrier. Damn. I'm still I'm still trying to get across that barrier. I'm still how working you, on how it. How do you get rated? Like like who does the rating? So there's this app. It's called uh, Duper. It's D U P R. Mm-hmm. Um, you play in competitions like events, like local events, um, and then you'll play in whatever like category class that you mm-hmm. want to play in. So like three point five, four, four point five, five point mm-hmm. open or like mm-hmm. less. Like that's when it yeah. gets really competitive. Like open level is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like you'll play in these tournaments, you'll you know win games, lose games. The points go into this app, mm-hmm. and it rates you. It'll you know it'll compare you to who you're playing with, and then mm-hmm. it has its own algorithm, whatever the hell it is, and <laughs> and you get a rating. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I've I've been lucky to compete and have great friends to play with and compete with, and and I love this sport. It's uh, it's a great space. Mm-hmm. Wait, this is might be a, a stupid question, but is, is pickleball a two player sport? You can be one sing, is it single player. So you can play singles or doubles. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's just like tennis. You know, okay, you okay. can play singles or doubles. It's I fun. always assume it was doubles. I pick whenever I see it in like parks, people are always playing doubles. But so yeah. when you're like playing with the friends, you know, like you want to play yeah. doubles just because you can, in, you know, in, invite more people, yeah. have yeah. fun. Right, right. Like some people just do this. Like there's new spots opening up all across the u.s called like chicken yeah. and pickle have, i don't know if y'all have heard of chicken and pickle Mm-mm. it's like no. it's like a top golf of pickleball oh, shit. Oh, shit. oh wait what yeah so they have like pickleball courts mm. but then they have a bar a kitchen <laughs> you know like <laughs> they have like disco lights yeah. and stuff and like like glow in the dark nights mm. and and it makes it so much more fun and inviting to a lot of people mm. i feel like yeah yeah I feel like Carl should be good at pickleball. I feel like he would too. He's pretty good at Wait, tennis. Wait, why? Because like when we play tennis, like me and Trin just kind of like rally and like get better. But like Harsh is always like on the other side of the court, just like smashing it back to us and like being yeah. like ultra competitive. <laughs> He's a bit toxic. I feel like he oh, might, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. feel like he might, he might drive <laughs> into pickleball. I actually think he might be decent at pickleball though, Harsh. I'm not even kidding. I should give it a shot. Yeah. I remember like I only played it once in like gym in high school. Yeah. We played do pickleball you, in high school. Do you school? play tennis, Harsh? Uh no, I used to, I learned tennis when I was younger, but like, I don't really play. I just play for fun with these guys. Nice, but he can hit though. He has a good form for it. Yeah, he has good form. Yeah, I feel like if you're a good tennis player, you just need a little bit of direction. But like going to pickleball is like a piece of cake for y'all. Do you have to serve in pickleball? <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. It's but not the ball. Overhand. The ball just drops in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not overhand though. It's an underhand serve. Mm. So, oh okay. no, ball, that's yeah. all. That sounds good to me. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. We'll play. We'll play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, ball has to be below your waist. It's it's a uh, it's pretty tough to get a good serve. Honestly, like once you're trying to get really good, mm-hmm. it's uh it's hard to differentiate, you know, from other people mm-hmm. around you. So I mean, I'm assuming pickleball is like it has the fast paced nature of table tennis but like on a full court or is it the same size as a tennis court or is it a bit smaller it's about the like almost the fourth the size yeah, okay. a little bit bigger than a fourth i would say maybe yeah. like a third the size of a mm-hmm. tennis court but no, it's dope. uh yeah very fast and competitive in nature for sure mm-hmm. i would say this might hurt some tennis player uh listeners out here um Damn. but <laughs> i would say that it's faster mm-hmm. at sometimes um because when you're so close to each other, like across yeah. the court, yeah. like even though it's a whiff, like it's essentially a whiffle ball. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's a whiffle ball, you're literally smashing it as hard as you can, and you're ten feet away from the other person. Yeah. You know, like your IQ and your like reading the ball has to be yeah. like quick, quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and in tennis, you're obviously a little bit further, but definitely balls mm-hmm. go faster mm-hmm. Um, in tennis because of the balance from the spring, right? Like on a right. racket, yeah. like you don't get that with the pickleball, but but it's intense. It's a good sport. It's quick. You can get hurt. 
Um, I don't know if y'all have seen it, but like, I think pickleball is the leading sports injury mm-hmm. like this year. I think it was like <laughs> four hundred, yeah, four hundred million dollars in injuries this past year. I believe, like um, lower body, like like I, I guess. I mean, I've heard every so high, high, like high pace, like intense. Mm-hmm. Right, you have like such a little reaction time. I imagine you could like obviously you could throw out your shoulder like whatever like hitting the ball but i imagine if you're trying to run back and forth all the time especially if you're playing singles like that's such lower body like fucking hell yeah i've had some friends with like acl tears um yeah acl like your knees are could could go at any time you know it's 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 intense and i've heard some crazy stories where like somebody like turned their neck too fast like their head too fast and they like popped a vein or something and they got like like they started throwing up and Holy yeah, shit. it was bad. And they had to go to the hospital like, like immediately. Yeah. Well, I yeah. feel like because it's such like a new sport and it's growing so fast or it is the fastest growing, right? Something like that. But um, yeah, that's so, probably yeah. why, because there's probably not a lot of, I mean, ball knowledge basically, I guess, or like uh, ball knowledge. Yeah. Throw it out. Oh. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Pickleball has definitely grown in uh yeah. In a crazy way, I would say these mm-hmm. past five, like, well, especially in the past couple of years. But yeah. like, if you didn't know, pickleball has been around for a long, long time. Yeah. Like, I think it was invented back in like the 70s or 80s in Seattle or in, somewhere in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like legit, just like wooden board paddle, you know, like mm-hmm. very simple. But now like pickleball paddles are coming out like every month new yeah. ones like car- carbon fiber foam core <laughs> reinforced and yeah, and stuff you know like it's a it's a crazy space now like new ball technology is coming out too or like because like balls crack right like they're yeah. wiffle balls they're plastic you're whacking them as hard as you goddamn can mm-hmm. right to get it through and and yeah so like the technology is improving the game is changing constantly um and it's it's an incredible space, I would say, for everyone. Mm-hmm. What, what's kind of like the the culture like? Because like you know when you talk about like NBA, right? You go on like NBA Twitter, everybody hella toxic against each other. You know, <laughs> like is there is there like a pickleball goat that everybody debates over? Or like, you know? Yeah, um, Ben Johns. His name is Ben Johns. Um, he's he's really good, but uh, and he's been the goat for like the past like couple years especially like in this pickleball hype time um mm-hmm. i would say but he just recently got dethroned by um i don't remember his name i'm not like super into watching pickleball yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but I, I still follow um but he's definitely um being questioned on the throne oh, okay. yeah but what's incredible to me is that you don't have to be like yeah 25 30 years old like to have this good experience in pickleball Mm -hmm. like the number one women's player in the world right now she's 16 years old holy shit yeah she's like a pickleball prodigy she's from like boca raton florida (laughs) like this is where the the sports thrived i would say Mm -hmm. because like you Mm -hmm. know like like all these old people in florida like retirement homes (laughs) like they're bringing up their grand yeah they're bringing up their grandchildren on the sport you know and so like if you were born and bred through pickleball like she was like you can you know kill it Mm -hmm. and she's making millions as a 16 year old still in high school Mm -hmm. pretty high which is incredible that's lit man fuck yeah but like as far as like beef and stuff goes there's beef always all the time (laughs) (laughs) i love i love to see it 
Also, like, just a lot of NBA players have gotten in on this pickleball craze, like Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, of Jeremy Lin. Like, they've all bought teams. Like, they're they're all. Oh in. yeah, I have heard about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so it's called the MLP Major League Pickleball. Um, mm. It's like it's growing every single day. It's incredible. Mm. We in Atlanta, we have the Atlanta Bouncers, mm. which is which is sick. In Brooklyn, I think there's a Brooklyn team. Um, I forgot what it's called. Somebody just got signed to them like recently. One of my favorite players. So that's pretty cool. It's sick. It's it's really turning into something so much bigger than just playing in your backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you should talk a little bit on the court. Oh, absolutely! I love to trash talk. <laughs> Come on now, Harad. <laughs> I feel like you know me well enough that I like to talk. You know, I like to poke. Yeah, people. but you also you also just seem such a smiley, like fun guy. I don't really. I can't really yeah, see so the talk. That's why it's taken so well. <laughs> you know, like if you like should he's talk, like with the big smile, like, you're so I ass, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not like that. Because like pickleball is a very mental game. I would say because mm-hmm. once you get to a certain level, everyone's like everyone knows your game yeah you know so like if you have a good mental game on the court like if you can like like hit an amazing shot and then not say a word yeah and just walk back and then serve again like you're in the guy's head you know like you're trying to do everything you can to throw off this guy's game Mm -hmm. and i absolutely talk shit on the court i love it (laughs) so davish you told me today that you were contributing to the pickleball space in some fashion. I'd love for you to talk more about it and uh, market it, advertise it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll drop, I'll drop a little. We're, I'm opening a pickleball store with my brother Crazy. in Atlanta. In Atlanta, Georgia, we will be the first pickleball store in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it'll be called the Georgia Pickleball Club. Mm, nice. Opening in two months. Hopefully soon. We're still looking for a space. It's kind of yeah. tough right now. But yeah, yeah. we're getting there. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, sick, we're working on it. And I'm excited. And so that's why I'm glad. I, uh, I'm i glad you talked about this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I always have this like in like five years if i want to go back and do flight school or like finish with like flight you know like go become a pilot i can still do that if i want to go become a physicist i can do that you know and so i'm in a i'm in a blessed like space that i am in right now Mm. this time is kind of crazy for me Mm. it's it's a pivoting point but also something i'm passionate about and i'm very excited to to get into it and and share that with everyone in georgia Mm. yeah that'd be pretty sick if you guys get like the land of bowsers like a kind of like partnership collaboration with them yeah Yeah, that'd be pretty sick Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. Send them this podcast. <laughs> Yo, shout out. Let, you come through. Let me know. I'll sign any contract you send my way. <laughs> hey, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> send it to the lawyer. It's a verbal agreement. It ain't, it ain't admissible in court. Hey. I've been watching Suits a lot. <laughs> so, so you sell like equipment there? Like what, what's yeah, going to be so, the like, main focus of the shop? So yeah, pad, it's a pro shop. So like just okay. like a tennis, tennis store. So like yeah, you'll yeah. have paddles balls accessories bags um grip tape you know mm, whatever yeah, you yeah. need whatever you need to play pickleball like nets we'll have mm, it mm. you know and and i'm excited to to bring that to georgia to finally have like a home where if you play pickleball you can go check this place out you can test out paddles mm. you can try whatever's new in the world of pickleball mm. and and i'm really excited to show that to um georgia and be the first one here yeah, rumor has it there'll be a sign-up sheet too where you can challenge Thobish for his ranking. <laughs> <laughs>
That would be kind of cool though if you hosted tournaments and stuff. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah. yeah. Try and beat me tournament. <laughs> yeah. Like when I get some gear or something. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be a good way to. Yeah. But no, dude, that's that's like an insane thing to start, especially so young. Like, what was those? What were those yeah. first conversations like with your brother? How old so your brother, my, by the way? Yeah. My brother, he's four years older than me. He just turned uh, twenty nine. Mm-hmm. He also just finished his MBA, which is fantastic. So he, mm-hmm. you know, he knows the business end, <laughs> like, like it's. And I, I'm just glad he's doing that because I get to like focus on the pickleball yeah. side. He can do the business side, and it's. And it's like a, it's a very happy combination we've come to mm-hmm. in the sense that he's wanted to start a business for a really long time and just, you know, be a self-proprietor, not work for anyone else. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and um, doing that with my brother is very exciting. That's yeah. pretty cool. But yeah, did you approach him with the idea or was it? So he actually came to me with the idea of starting a business. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a pickleball pro shop at first. Mm-hmm. It was a like gym styled um pickleball center Mm. so like Mm. we'd have like 10 courts and you can like get a membership or like get a day pass and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and then we noticed that there's like a couple of places coming to georgia Mm -hmm. for that Mm -hmm. um like chicken and pickle there's this place from europe actually it's called ace Mm -hmm. pickleball they're opening up a really big spot with like 12 courts Mm -hmm. and but one thing i noticed i was like there's no pickleball stores in georgia (laughs) like Mm -hmm. there's no pro shop Mm -hmm. and there's what I, I saw a stat recently. There's more than almost more like double the amount of pickleball players in America than tennis players. And there's about mm. 20 tennis shops in Georgia, 20 tennis pro shops mm. in Georgia, mm-hmm. but not one pickleball store. And so wow. I, I saw, we both saw the need and we were like, you know what? We should pivot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, let's try this. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be an easier project to start too. I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. less construction, not yeah, as big of a space, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And so it just seemed like a more viable option and, and something that can be done quicker and, yeah. and quench the thirst of whoever, you know, needs some pickleball gear in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So like sourcing, like, I guess like all these different equipment and all this stuff, like, is that something you're doing now or, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've already contacted manufacturers for wholesale pricing and all that fun stuff mm-hmm. and. I mean, we're still in the process of getting all those done, but we've gotten mm-hmm. like pricing lists. So like we know our costs, we know what we need to like, mm-hmm. what our like bottom line is, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so, like what we need to get done before, like, like how much we need to make every month mm-hmm. before yeah. we're profitable. Right, right? right. So like it's a viable business. <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> and, uh, and now we're just looking for a good spot. True. Dude, that's lit, man. That's exciting. It's good stuff, yeah. man. <laughs> I feel like that'd just be so fun. Like, I don't know. So much better than working at a fucking desk, dude. Oh. Yeah. Dude, that could be Harsh and his brother, bro. That's how similar, that, age, huh? similar age gap. Harsh will be the NBA. Yeah. 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 Pickleball store in Virginia? <laughs> <Just call me>. <laughs> <laughs> the Virginia Pickleball Club. <laughs> you can just call it Virgin for sure. <laughs> hey. <It's a> violation. <laughs> He's married. Fuck. <laughs> that is a crazy fact. Yeah, man. No, I mean, I think that's hype. Um, we will definitely be on the lookout for a Georgia Pickleball Club when we visit Atlanta. You know where we're going to stop first. Conley, right? Bookhead. And then, then the story. Conley? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I just want to switch back a little bit because I think we touched on it and I think it's important, something important and impressive to talk about. Your fitness journey. I know that was like, well, I don't know. Tell me a little bit about it because I think you briefly mentioned it to me in person too. And yeah, I just want to make sure that we talked about it. 
Yeah, it's definitely something I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an accomplishment for me. I grew up as a chubby boy my whole <laughs> life. I was I was husky you know, when I was uh, when I was a kid. I was shopping the husky yeah. section and stuff. And so, like, 2020 rolls around. Mm-hmm. I'm like 210 pounds, mm-hmm. and a couple of my friends are also pretty hefty at the time, yeah. you know. And we're just, it was New Year's, uh, January 1st, 2020. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, you know what? Let's get our, let's get our shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to live long, healthy lives and we want to do that together, you know? So we started the gym pact. Mm-hmm. Um, the gym pact was we had to go to the gym three times a week mm-hmm. and every day you miss, uh, you have to put $4 in the pot. Mm-hmm. And so for me personally, I'm a very competitive person. <laughs> um, so I was, not putting any money into that pot (laughs) um but for my friends uh like they were putting a little bit of money here and there and like at the end of each quarter we would um like all go out for like a dinner at a steakhouse or something Mm -hmm. and 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 bull which is great um but yeah i ended up losing like 60 pounds in like less than six months like i think it was like four or five months and this was like as soon as covid hit like Mm -hmm. i'm back home right like i'm eating like I like convinced my mom to like start cooking healthy food, like chicken, <laughs> rice, veggies, yeah. you know, like I'm eating like gima, but with like no oil, yeah. or, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. which is really nice. So like having the support of my family to mm-hmm. go do that yeah. was amazing. And then like when like all the gyms closed, like March of 2020, mm-hmm. I was like, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do? So I ended up just running like a 5k every other day and Big I just kept guy. it going. Yeah. And, but also one of my biggest regrets. So like if any listeners you're trying to lose weight, have a good balance of cardio and strength training. Mm -hmm. Cause I dropped the weight so fast, like running really like consistently and then eating healthy. Um, like eating healthy is huge. Mm -hmm. I want to like really point that out. Cause like a lot of people are like, Oh, I can just work out and I'll be fine. And I'm like, no, you gotta eat, you gotta eat right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like I dropped all this weight and now I'm a stick, you mm-hmm. know, like it's, it's cool. Like I lost the weight, but then I like mm-hmm. also regretted the fact that look, I could have just ate, eaten a lot of protein mm-hmm. and then like started like going to the gym mm-hmm. and building a lot of muscle mass, mm-hmm. you know, and at the same time as, as losing the weight. Mm-hmm. And so like mm-hmm. finding a good balance was interesting. So like after I was done, like with the running phase, I lost the 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing a lot of strength training when the gyms opened back up mm-hmm. So I was like bulking and I went through that whole process, bulking, cutting, bulking, cutting like mm-hmm. like two, three times. And, but then I found pickleball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then balancing pickleball and strength training is really hard mm-hmm. because in pickleball, I'm playing like two, three hours, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, and I'm burning like 1,400 to like 2,000 calories a session. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Holy fuck. Yeah, there's a lot of fatigue, mm-hmm. um, especially on your knees, mm-hmm. on your lower back. And so, like, when you're trying to do strength training at the same time, it's hard to balance it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then strength training also makes you really bulky. And so you have to be more intentional about doing, like, compound, um, like, uh, workouts instead of doing, like, just, like, weightlifting, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. something that'll still help you, mm-hmm. like keep your range of motion because once you get bulky you don't have that range of motion anymore mm-hmm. like and when you're on a pickleball court you want to just glide on the court mm-hmm. you wanna, like you're i'm like dancing around the court like it's <laughs> it's a fun time mm-hmm. and so then like yeah I've, I've shifted into this like different phase of my fitness like journey where i've 
found a good balance with eating healthy, mm-hmm. but also enjoying my food. Because mm-hmm. I'm a big foodie. Mm-hmm. I I highly recommend finding a good balance between eating healthy, but also enjoying your food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, dude, like we have, I don't know how long in our lives, you know, you got to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I lost the weight. I gained a little weight. Mm-hmm. You know, I found a good balance, a good happy medium, yeah. I would say, where I was, where like, I went my lowest. I was at like 150 mm-hmm. at like 5'8 or 5'9, <laughs> whatever you're going to call it. I'm dating after 5'9. <laughs> <laughs> you can lie on here, and, <laughs> and so, like, you know, like, once you find that balance, it's great. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm living a privileged life. Like, I am very happy. <laughs> like, I've never looked this good in my entire life. Uh, ladies, hit me up. <laughs> He's 5'9". Five nine. He's 5'9". Five nine. <laughs> uh, I heard 5'10 in some sort. Oh, yeah, 5'10". <laughs> uh, my personality is 6'1". <laughs> 4.5 rating on pickleball. Very important. <laughs> sure, sure. in the bio. I'm looking for a mixed doubles partner. If any ladies <laughs> hey. out there play uh, pickleball in Georgia, hit me Gotta up. Gotta be at least 4.5 rating though. <laughs> Don't contact him otherwise. No, I can train you. I can train you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can show you how Chicken it's done. and pickle day. <laughs> All I heard was, you want to see my pickle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like a ridge. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's up to a 5 rating now. <laughs> <laughs> what did it, what did it feel like when you first lost the weight like all the weight in comparison to like oh my god like who stuff? is this guy <laughs> yeah did people like i didn't i mean mm-hmm. i got double takes like all the time mm-hmm. they're like is that is that yeah, like COVID really yeah. COVID really hit Tobish, bro what happened <laughs> like i got i remember this so vividly it's like the best memory i had like like best reaction i've mm-hmm. had um from when i like lost the weight this was you know, still during COVID, I was just like hanging out with one of my friends at like their place. And I was driving out of my friend's like house driveway. And I see like an old friend from like, like, like middle school, mm-hmm. like walking their dog mm-hmm. and my windows are down mm-hmm. and he does a double take. Mm-hmm. And then he says, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and then he texts me later. He's like, dude, was that you driving? He's like, dude, you look so good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I never realized how differently you get treated Mm -hmm. as like a good looking person, (laughs) you know, until I went and like lost all the weight Mm -hmm. because I realized how much more attention and time I would get with people that I wouldn't get with before, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of sad, obviously, you know, like us as a society is very objective Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and it sucks to to think about, but now I <laughs> but feel give you a little more validation for all the hard work you put in, though. I guess. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. but what was great is that growing up as like a chubby guy when I was younger, mm-hmm. I had to have a good personality. <laughs> so now I have both. Right? <laughs> yeah, I have a good personality. Yeah, look good. You know, it's great. It's, it's good balance. <laughs> I feel like growing up, yeah, as a chubby kid, like it definitely made me work harder, mm-hmm. and and I wouldn't have done it any other way. Even though I was bullied growing up, who the hell cares? Mm-hmm. Like now. I can handle it all. You no, know, he bullies on the court. <laughs> no, dude, that's tough. I mean, yeah, people are people are mean, bro. Yeah, <laughs> but look at you now, man. That's I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. When you say sixty pounds in six months, it doesn't seem like a lot. But the thought of losing like ten pounds does that not seem like, like a lot? It sounds like a lot, bro. Oh, that's like, <laughs> no, I mean, that's okay, crazy. Sorry, it sounds like a lot, like but like a third of his body weight. Yeah, no, no, no. That's absolutely yeah. true. Sorry, 
It, it sounds like a lot, and it is a lot. I well, guess. Fuck you, Tarun. <laughs> Don't bro, downplay to, for, Like for me, bro. Like you know how skinny I am. Like the thought of losing or gaining two and a half pounds a week, basically, like what what he did, yeah, yeah is yeah. such a crazy mind fuck. You know, yeah. like I, yeah, that's that's insane. Hundred percent. Yeah. Honestly, like dropping the weight wasn't like super hard because I was eating healthy mm. and like doing the workouts, but like maintaining it. Like mm. and just making it a lifestyle yeah. like, thing was was harder, I would say, because mm-hmm. like I would still be, you know, like oh, I want some chips tonight. Yeah. Like, let me kill a bag. Like even now, <laughs> I still like have these bad habits of like yeah. getting like a giant ass bag of chips mm-hmm. and just killing it in one night. Mm-hmm. But also, I play pickleball and I burn two thousand calories a session. Yeah. So like I kind of need yeah. to mm-hmm. like Fuel. so like now my my needs are different. Mm-hmm. You know, like I need more carbs in my body so I don't lose my muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, and so like. I would say just like along this journey, I'm so blessed to like have a good understanding of my body, mm-hmm. what I need and how I want to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I'm so happy with it. Yeah. You know, like I feel fantastic. No, dude, I, I definitely think that's the hardest part is just like finding, yeah, like, like you said, finding your groove, finding your balance. Cause I think at least for me, like I've definitely gotten waves of like feeling really fit and like understanding like what's good for me, but it, it's hard to like, yeah, it's hard to find that exact right formula because it's so different for everybody and yeah, i can watch a thousand youtube videos on whatever but it, mm-hmm. it never works out exactly as they say um so I'm, I'm glad you found that for yourself bro yeah i think there is no right formula yeah. for everyone it's just everyone is different mm-hmm. you know like you got to do what feels good for you and you got to understand what your goals are mm-hmm. you know like you can't look at people on instagram that are like shredded you know like those <laughs> yeah. people are competing in competitions mm-hmm. they're eating like next to nothing in carbs mm-hmm. you know um and that's not practical for everyone yeah. and right. i i hate this stigma with like fitness influencers mm-hmm. like you know a lot of people are looking up to and and I feel like some fitness influencers are great, but some are also like just Instagram models yeah. or like, yeah. you know, stuff like that. They like, they just want the endorsement. They just want to make money and they don't care about anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so finding something right for you is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And then just being happy with yourself and enjoying your own journey. Mm-hmm. Cause our life is so long. We're not going to be in the same shape all the time. Yeah. It's hard right. to, you know, and, and being comfortable with that is, is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. Last thing I want to touch on, I know you did a Spartan race, which maybe you want to tell a little bit about like what that is and then like what it was like. Yeah. So a Spartan race is like, they have a couple of different options. Things like 5k and 10k. Mm-hmm. And then in the 5k, there's 20 obstacles with like, like, like the name is Spartan like obstacles. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I had to pick up like an like a like a 40 50 pound atlas stone like this giant fuck? round stone hell? yeah yeah and like you like move it you have like sandbags what the fuck? you're going across like like mud pools like going under obstacles doing the longest like monkey bars i've ever done in my life and <laughs> while you're also running a 5k mm-hmm. um very intense like there was this one like pulley there's like a pulley like i think mm-hmm. like 20 30 feet in the air mm-hmm. with a sandbag at the bottom and you had to pull that sandbag all the way up oh, oh my yeah. god and that sandbag's Damn. like i think like 40 pounds 50 pounds <laughs> how do you train for that <laughs> hella tricep pull downs bro <laughs> dude like 
I was training pretty hard right before then. Um, mm. Like this is like, I would say, I did this Spartan race right before I got into pickleball. So I was mm. in a good good area for me because like I was still strength training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like I was lifting weights. I was still doing a little bit of cardio here and there. Um, and so like, honestly, just strength training is the way to train for a Spartan race. Um, cardio is great, but like also a 5K is only like, 3.1 3.2 miles mm-hmm. um so it's not something you can't do you know yeah. like a lot of people just walk it and do the obstacles mm-hmm. and it's just a fun time you yeah. know um but for me it was kind of like a test i was like hey like let's see what i can do now that i've come this far you know like i've i've lost the weight i've built the muscle let's see what i can do i test myself you know mm-hmm. i did it with some like high school friends who also wanted to do the same mm-hmm. which was great and very supportive crew um, but also one downside, if you cannot complete one of the obstacles, you have to do 30 burpees. <laughs> so yeah. I, and there's 20 obstacles. So if you f- like mess up one obstacle, like, or imagine yeah. like five obstacles, you're doing a shit ton of burpees. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I did it in Denver, Colorado. It's a mile high city and oh. dude, it is, it's hard to breathe there, yeah. you know? So you're doing a 5k, you're doing these obstacles. It was intense, but it was fun. Mm. Um, like you're doing like military crawls mm-hmm. underneath like barbed wire. Um, but it's a really good way to test yourself. Yeah. I feel, I feel like you gotta have some crazy mental game to like make it through. Like, I feel like yeah. if, if you get halfway and you're still like, fuck, like you have no energy in the tank, it's all mental at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. But having a good crew with you is, mm-hmm. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is very like helpful and yeah. like they motivated me mm-hmm. to do better mm-hmm. and, and try harder. And it was, it was so much fun. So how many burpees did you do? Uh, like one set, like thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember like what Damn. what obstacle you had to do it for? Yeah, it was the monkey bars. Surprise! <laughs> but these monkey, bro, 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 bro. These, there was the last obstacle. Okay, uh, so like I'm like nineteen two. obstacles deep. Like I just did oh. three miles. Three miles. I just ran up a like the steepest hill I've ever ran up in my life. Okay, <laughs> like I don't know how I ran up that hill. Honestly, mm. like. I don't know. Something came out of me like the last like 0.2 miles. I was like, I'm almost there. I needed to just like, I ne- I wanted to run up this hill and I really pushed myself. So then when I got to the monkey bars, I was a little winded. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little tired. And like the grip like was actually like pretty, like the pole was kind of big. Mm-hmm. So like it was hard to grip um, mm-hmm. the whole thing and you're slipping and it's metal and it's hot outside. Mm-hmm. But it was a, uh, it was a, it was a hell of an experience, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever do it again, but it was a good, <laughs> it was a good time. That sounds like a one and done kind of thing. Yeah. That's pretty hype. What was the recovery like after that? Oh, dude. I um, <laughs> we went back to the hotel, got straight into the hot tub nice. and just kicked it. That's hard. Yeah, yeah. Got some good food. I think we got some like Chinese food that night. Oh, hit the spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'd be bedridden for like a week and a half. To be fair, Coachella did that to me. <laughs> dude, Coachella is something else. Yeah. Dude, that was terrible. Oh, we didn't even, we didn't even say what Tabish's role in Coachella was. At, at oh, that every day. yeah. What was your role in Coachella, Tabish? <laughs> it was awesome. Honestly, I loved it. <laughs> I had a great time. Calvin Harris was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I like grew up on Calvin Harris, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like it was hard to have a bad experience yeah. at that time. Yeah. But yeah, I was uh, like when we got home that night. I was, I think, one of the first people to go in the shower mm-hmm. that night. I was like, I need to get a shower. I need to relax. I want to go to sleep. Yeah. Get ready for the next day. We're all chilling outside for how long? Like we were out there till like three, four in the four, morning dude, almost. Later than that, dude. I mean, yeah, yeah, the sun was coming up a couple yeah, days. Fucking crazy. 
at Coachella, Davish, Davish's fucking shoulders are strong as shit, bro. <laughs> He's holding this light up for everybody to follow for like literally two hours straight. I have no idea how you did it. Yeah, I, I don't know yeah. how I did it either, honestly. And also, like, <laughs> I, held it for, I held it for like 10 minutes and I was like, holy fuck, I can't do this much longer. <laughs> how do you do this? Because it also has the added, um, like, the added tension of like people just looking at you because you have to be in the front, mm-hmm. right? To like, um, you know, mm-hmm. cut through everybody and everyone's like, oh, fuck you. Like, why are you pushing so hard or whatever? Like, bro, I'm trying to get yeah. through. And also like, if the set is going on, you have this fat ass light, people just get a little bit blinded or whatever. Blinded, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, shout out to you, man. That was, that was good. Yeah, you literally kept the group corralled the whole, yeah. like, it was actually yeah, so no, clutch. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just enjoy having the whole squad together. Yeah. So like, Nays, Nays, our first year going to Coachella was like, yo, like, somebody bring like a stick to like hold up in the air and i was like oh i have i have a light stick you know i can i can hold this shit up Mm -hmm. so like year one went great we had the squad together at all times Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then that was we had like i think 12 13 people our first year we went to coachella Mm -hmm. and then yeah doable manageable Mm -hmm. right (laughs) and then this last year we went we had 21 people in our squad (laughs) we were rolling deep (laughs) you know and um and i don't I don't know how, but we all were together at that last set mm-hmm. and it was just magical. Yeah, um, a few of us had to leave, but then we ended up linking up again, mm-hmm. you know, later and just having that light stick. I'm surprised other people hadn't caught on after the first year that we did mm-hmm. it in 2022. Yeah. Um, you know, like I thought, you know, people would be on like Reddit, like, hey, this is a really good idea. Like you should bring like a right. light stick. Like people like brought sticks with like random signage on it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or they would have like an inflatable like unicorn on a stick or something like some yeah, stupid yeah. Shit. it's just like, not as great at, at night yeah yeah, exactly. yeah and it's yeah not visible at night at all yeah yeah and so yeah it was it was sick what an experience dude. yeah we literally had groups tailing us like oh just follow no i think i also heard like somebody on like the phone or something like that or, like or somebody was like texting and they were saying like oh yeah just tell them that we're by the guy with the red light <laughs> <laughs> and the topic changed the color <laughs> <laughs> i was on demon time (laughs) also like all these people on drugs so they're just like staring at the light like and like when they just see like this light pass by they're just like start following the light yeah can you just like not (laughs) stay away from my squad it was attracting some weirdos at times but i'm glad we made it out alive just like this podcast Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Nice, nice. Uh, Stavish, we definitely want to thank you for coming on, Brad. It's such a good time. Thanks for having such me. Such a cool fucking thank guy. Um, do you have anything you want to leave the podcast with? A message or anything you want to say? No, I mean, just I feel like talking to you guys was great. Thanks for having me. I I can't wait to to listen to all your future podcasts too. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, everyone can't um, wait for your store. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Come, Georgia Pickleball Club, two go, months, sir. 60 days. Yes, plug it, We're plug opening it, soon. Plug it, plug it, plug it. Hey, and everyone, just please be nice to people, man. <laughs> this world is crazy. It's a crazy time for everyone. The world is changing. You know, just be open-minded and accepting of everyone. Love that, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, thanks, Stavish, for coming on. Um, we will definitely link all of his shit in the Instagram post that we'll be posting for him at an interesting discussion on Instagram. 
for the post on Instagram. Oh, uh, nice. So, <laughs> uh, you can find our podcast on all platforms, Spotify, Hulu, uh, Netflix, uh, YouTube, what? all this shit, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, uh, keep it real. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week with another great episode. Um, we'll catch you guys then. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye. Peace. Peace.